So welcome back to episode 18. Of, so we've done this for 18 straight weeks, Kelly. Sort of. We kind of, we recorded two to cover our holiday break. But we've put out Oh, in the first one we did two in the same day. But we put them out like, in, we put out an episode for every two week, every week for 18 weeks, which is pretty cool. That is impressive. I think it's awesome. Most podcasts die before their seventh episode. Wow. So ours is like old now. It's awesome. <laughs> so uh, welcome back to Balancing Chaos with Kelly and Gretchen. And today we are going to be talking about where we live and how we survive it, even though it kind of seems like maybe we shouldn't, and how we deal with um, the winter blahs that naturally happen in a place like Bangor, Maine. Where it's currently snowing. Yes. Again. And, and it is... Ooh, it's 17 degrees now. It was 15 before. It was 40 on Sunday. <laughs> I honestly wanted to put on shorts and a t-shirt and have a picture in the snow. I just didn't have time for it. The girls were skiing and I actually was out. I wasn't skiing. I was just like observing and hanging out with the parents because one is in ski lessons and one just skis with their friends. And we were out there on the in front of the lodge in no coats, no hats, no mittens, drinking a cup of coffee. It was great. That's awesome. Sort of, because you're also seeing the snow melt around you and it's a ski hill. So it's also a little depressing but you know that's one of the ways we beat things so let's get so the reason why we had this topic is because one of our we joked last time about how we're really not paid by the city we live in to talk so highly of it and we made a point to say that it wasn't a gated community and that there is no HOA that this is just your average you know small city in Maine of about 30,000 people and was it one of our friends commented about how here we are that you always hear us talk about how we have these tiny houses we have no garages we have to park you know you can't park side by side you have to do tandem parking and it you know and it's freezing cold but it's still it's awesome and it's great so we're going to talk about some of the things that make our town and our community great which i think helps with the winter blues yes so winter blues so one gretchen someone a listener suggested we talk about this yes somebody actually messaged me and said you guys should totally talk about the winter blues because it seems like everybody in january is depressed yes so it's really funny because i hate cold weather i hate being cold i wish i'm gonna take a picture (laughs) and i'm gonna post it of kelly right now yes I, i really am i I hate being cold. I hate it so much. Oh, here we go. There's my picture. I always walk around in multiple layers of clothing. <laughs> she is currently on my couch. <laughs> She's in. We're actually wearing our matching pack. Uh, what is it? Fleece shirt line jack. shirt jacks from L.L. Bean. And. She and she's wearing a knit hat with a pom. And my house is not cold, by the way, today, right now. And she's also wearing a uh, a her down coat, which is one of her other favorite things, is draped across her. And is that are you wearing a fleece shirt too? Um, no, that's just a normal okay. shirt. That's just a, a normal that's a shirt. Talbot knit cotton shirt. Okay, and we have a a cup of hot tea. Yes. So oh, I'm gonna post yes. a picture. That would have been a better one. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you hate being cold. I didn't, couldn't tell. <laughs> I hate being cold. I am constantly complaining. If you ever ride in a car with me, the heat will be on full blast. You will be sweating and I will be in heaven. And you James, have heaters? We do. And we have dual climate control, at least in my car now, because James hates driving with me because I get so cold. But does that even, dual climate control <sighs> seems like, it seems like kind of a scam because you're still in a tiny box. Like, it's not like there's a wall that comes up and gives one air conditioning and one not right well you can in my in my car 
you actually can blow cold on one person and hot on the other. But it isn't it's not gonna mix. It's not a perfect science. No, it's not. But I hate being cold. And so every winter, what happens is I get a hit about right now, and I'm like, why do I live here? Because I cannot handle it. It's so cold. But I think part of the joy of living here is going through the winter because the first day that it's sunny oh, yeah. and the snow is gone, it is the best feeling in the entire world. You're just driving in your car, at least for me. I, I'll put all the windows down, <laughs> crank my radio, just belt out a song at the top the te- of my lungs. And, and so what does the temperature, but what temperature does that start to happen for you? I think 50. Yeah, 50, 45, 50, depending on if it's like a, if it's been really cold and then it's 45. And then there are, I'm just putting out a number because I think that in other places people would be like, oh my God, it's 50 degrees, I'm going to die. I mean, when I moved to Phoenix, I lived in Phoenix for a year in my 20s. And when I moved, I moved in May and it was the beginning of the longest stretch of days over 100 that they'd ever had. Like it was like 100 days over 100 degrees in a row. So it was hot and I adjusted. And when I left, I had looked at the, historical data and it never goes below 75 so I left all my coats and stuff here and I remember being on break in Phoenix in October and having goosebumps and being like it's so cold oh my god what's the temperature want to guess 60 83 no swear to god I and I literally <laughs> had to go to JC Penney and buy a fleece coat because I was cold outside at 83 oh my gosh well I do believe that you adjust oh totally I mean I, I definitely can see how that can happen. People who come over from a warmer climate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those yeah. poor people. I feel so bad for I have them. A, I, have a, I have a friend who um, works in Louisiana now and came home for Christmas to visit her family. And Christmas was that week, if you remember, was like 30 below the whole week. I didn't leave my house the entire week. And she was like, I'm never coming back. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame her. That I mean, that is too cold for me. I can't handle this extremely cold weather but so Denmark we've talked about before is yes. ranked as the happiest place on earth they have really short days in the winter with sunlight because I think this unseasonable cold that we have right now I think I don't think it's necessarily that's not a common uh temperature that so I right. think that the real common problem with winter is the daylight and not having the sun is 100, having, I 100% agree with not that. Not having the days as long. But in Denmark, so I looked up their exact um, daylight. and they So their sunrise is around 8.45 a.m. in the morning and sets at 3.45. So it's about the same as ours mm-hmm. throughout their winter months, four or five months of the year. And yet they're still the happiest. Right. That's like about an hour difference of daylight. Yeah. Because ours, ours, usually the shortest day is usually my work day. So like 7.30 to 4. Yeah. And then, so we were just ranked Maine. Okay, this isn't that prestigious, but (laughs) it's still pretty. It's a it's an honor, and I love their quote. So it was Maine Thrillist Travel. I'm sorry, sorry, Thrillist Travel List ranked Maine number two on, and these were the criteria: um, inventions, food, drink, somewhat productive, famous people, and (laughs) unique physical beauty, and the. The highlight of the state was Portland. It says Maine is is. so hot right now because mostly because of Portland. And it's a hipster with um, a lot of great food, etc. But this was the funniest part. Then it says, and outside of Maine, 
outside of Portland, that is Maine. Mainers don't give a damn about your trend forecast. They're just going to keep naming their children Wade, selling L.O. Bean backpacks to middle schoolers and using the term down east to mean south and hilariously calling ham subs with American cheese Italians. And right now, Gretchen and I both have on our L.O. Bean shirt jacks, like we said. And this morning, James told me I was looking good and I had this on. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, only a Mainer husband would still think the wife is beautiful in an L.O. Bean shirt jack that I wear every single day. That's plaid, flannel, (laughs) quilted. The, um... There's a so that, have you seen the new satire site called New Main News, Mm-mm. which is hysterical because it is it parodies a lot of stuff and one of them was um, about they've done parodies on the main magazines that come out and there was one like Main Home and Design they were like all around the state and they show a map to show where they featured homes and it was literally like a cluster in the Kennebunks and one in Portland and I was like don't even put this page. In your magazine, because you're not looking around Maine. You haven't even left, like, York County. So why would you... Like, it was almost, like, embarrassing to have this huge map and be like, look at all the beautiful homes we featured in Maine and have them, like, a glob at the bottom. There was another parody where it said, like, a um, uh, Maine travel writer survives 24 hours outside of Portland and now she's wandering around because everyone writes about Portland and their yeah. food scene and blah, blah, blah. Whatever. I'm like, whatever. You can you can have it, Portland, because Bangor is way better. <laughs> well, Portland. So I moved. I was I lived in Portland for quite a while. I eight years on and off. And you're here now. Yeah. So and that I, just says it all. I can see um, that Portland is awesome, and I didn't want to leave when I lived when I lived there. I really didn't. But the difference I think up here is we have a lot of what they have, but just a lot uh, less people and less of it all so therefore getting from point a to point b is much easier and also there's just a much stronger sense of community yeah and it's probably just because of our population size and density but well and the and the interesting thing about bangor is that it's what is called a pole city or the pull factor of our city is like really big compared to other places and that the pull factor is the number of people that come into town each day to work or for services or for whatever. So we only have 30,000 people that live here, but we have a pull factor of like 100,000 that come every day for work, shopping, medical, all that kind of stuff. So because we have, and we draw from a huge area, like we draw from Canada people to come here for shopping and medical and stuff like that. So because of that, we have all these services and stores and re- you know resources that a bigger city would have. But we have the small schools and the small neighborhoods and the small house prices and all of that. So it, it, it's kind of a nice balance. I, think. I, and I, I can't remember what the stat is in Boston, but it's something similar. The population in Boston proper is maybe 400,000. I don't know. I, I'm don't quote me. <laughs> but the, draw, the poll factor is a million. Right. A million people enter the city. Right. It's probably common in cities. But OK, so what other things do you think are great about living here besides our house uh, in addition to all the other complaints about our houses they're also all very old i think mine was built in 1905 but i like that no there's charming you know? but they're very expensive to renovate yeah that's why i haven't renovated mine yeah. mine's a 50s house but the um but i i mean they had there's all these little subdivisions that 
my kids even don't like the subdivisions when they go to them because they're like, where are all the trees? They go in, they tear down the trees. They the subdivisions have ten foot setbacks, so every house is twenty feet apart. But the way, but it feels very cluttered and weird compared. Like this, our neighborhood has five foot setbacks, so like I'm pretty sure that my garage is ten feet from my neighbor's house, if that. But I don't feel like I'm. Oh yeah, you you can. T- I th- I think I could touch my neighbor's house. Yeah, but it's but it feels but because of the trees and because of the sidewalks and because of everything else, it doesn't have that that you know you know what i'm talking about when i talk about those subdivisions without with where they mow down every tree put up all mm-hmm. the same house you know 10 different colors of vinyl siding and they called it a neighborhood and mm-hmm. it just and you never see anyone out i actually was talking to somebody at work who was had lived in and it wasn't and it actually it wasn't it's an older subdivision with trees and stuff and how he lived there with his kids and they were looking to buy there he was renting i think but then he hated it because he was like there was never anybody out it felt like every house was empty because you never saw anyone on their lawn no kids were out no kids on bikes so they moved to a different neighborhood not ours because when they drove through there they saw kids out playing and they felt like it felt like a much more soulful um community well this is the reason why when we moved home i don't know if i've ever confessed this on the podcast or not but we looked at 56 houses yeah i think you mentioned that before because partially um my area of my teaching area and research is in community health so this is what I study all day is what makes a community healthy so there's all that that was feeding into it and then also I had simultaneously read this book Millionaire Next Door yeah and there's a whole chapter just on what type of house you should buy and for in terms of a smart investment and he really d- digs into the data on established neighborhoods and resale value and um, and then compares it to new developments. Not that new developments aren't going to last and end up being an established right. neighborhood, but it's just less risky to buy into an established neighborhood. So anyway, so we love everything about our neighborhood. We've talked about that a lot. But there are other sort other places in our city that we like. <clears throat> so I love the, um, I'm a member of the Bangor Y, and I think it's, it, it's weird, like, the whole history of the Y, there used to be a YMCA and a YWCA, and then they merged, and now it's, then it was just the Bangor Y, but I think it's officially a YMCA, I don't even know. But it's, um, it's downtown, basically. That's where my kids go for swim lessons. It's where I go to the gym in the morning. I went to the gym during the day this week, and it was super creepy. Did I tell you about, I think I told you, did I tell you about, I went to the gym this, during the during the mornings when I go, I go at 5 a.m. and there's regular people. I do not know their names, but if I ever, I would recognize them by their cars. If I ever saw them pull over on the side of the road, I would stop and help them and they probably would help me even though we don't know our names. Like, they're very decent people. The people that were in the gym (laughs) Saturday mid-morning, there was a guy in Boggs who was singing along to the radio and and the workout, the weight room is in the basement so it's kind of, feels kind of isolated anyway. I was like, why are you singing along? You don't have to do that. Come on, dude. And why are you wearing bogs to lift weights? I don't get it. Oh, he was lifting weights in bogs? Yes. That is something that would happen in Bangor, Maine. Well, and then another guy who (laughs) doesn't even know him, some other guy came in who I was kind of just lurking. It was a little creepy. He was wearing unlaced work boots and jeans and like, oh my gosh, when someone works out in jeans, why? I don't. 
It's so funny though. I'm like, you're a stalker. You're trying. You're you run in here to hide from the police because why are you wearing jeans in the weight room? And then he kind of got on. There's like an elliptical down there. He kind of like gets on that and sort of saunters back and forth. And I'm like. I don't want to bend over in front of you. <laughs> so you prefer your 5 a.m. people? My 5 a.m. people are decent, honorable people. They're not these creepers who are just trolling. And the the Boggs guy sat there for 20 minutes fixing his hair before he ever, he put took every weight in the room. I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and squat 6,000 pounds. But before I do that, I got to sing along to Pink Floyd and do my hair in the mirror and text and take a picture and make sure I can show off my Boggs. It was so weird. But anyway... <laughs> So, on the other hand, it services a wide variety of people. <laughs> That's a glowing endorsement for, for the bank or why. <laughs> so, anyway, so just don't go maybe mid-morning to, or do come and meet me and be the normal person. Anyway, um, but they have swim lessons and they have... They have like uh, group fitness classes. Like it's like it's kind of you have talked about Les Mills before. Mm-hmm. They have the same kind of classes. It's just not branded under that. It's it's a different like brand. I can't power remember together the name. and they used to be called group power. Now it's power together, cycle together, all these different things. And they end up. Um, but the people are always really nice. Uh, I I love the new fitness center um, at the university up mm-hmm. the road and wish that R Y could be replaced with something like that or like my sister has a community center that looks like that that has the second floor walking track I like even that I think is just a nice thing to have in a in a gym um but it's a but it's a nice community resource they uh my daughters both have done programs there and it's a place to go that's open at 5 a.m for me to go lift weights it's not that far from my house it's not that expensive um so I feel like that's that's a good resource and I feel like they're trying to grow and do more community stuff as well yeah i went to a focus group yeah as a non-member and it was really interesting they're they really want to engage in the community more and offer more programs and provide services where we may have gaps uh from other services that are provided in the area so it was a it's clear that they're invested in the community right so what, what what's one for you i love the bangor pd (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we talk about our... Wait, oh, now you just had a run-in. Oh, I did. Uh, but he was so nice when I called. It, so was it all taken care of? Or yeah. Have we straightened it out? He he giggled a little, and then he was like... Then I think he was a little suspicious. And he <laughs> said, did you know the person? And I said, no, I did <laughs> If I knew him, I would have stopped. That's so Bangor, though. That's right? like, well, what do you mean you didn't know him? He yeah. was on your street. Why yeah. wouldn't you stop and know? How could you not know him? I also got a lot of um, crap for admitting to my accident on this live podcast. (laughs) Well, I had someone text me that said that she was laughing like, oh, my God, this is hysterical. So I think it's just a, a testament to your nobility and your honesty, frankly. My sister said, Kelly, why would you publicly admit that you hit someone and then drove away? I said, well, it was I didn't. It wasn't intentional. I mean, I really that's thought... That's what he- happened. And it helps... Exp- you know, the th- other thing is that's what happened. And it helps explain yeah. it. I, I'm the one who, when someone cuts me off in traffic, when someone's being a jerk, I'm always like, you know what? Maybe you just found out that your, you know, your cat died. I don't know. Maybe you're in labor and that's why you're doing it. So, you know, I try to cut people some slack. So it's kind of the same thing. So maybe if I... Like, if I saw that scene play out in front of me, I might be like, maybe it wasn't just some jerk mowing down side <laughs> mirrors. <laughs> And maybe there was some reason or something that was not clear. 
So I think that you actually did a service in, think, in making it not sound like, because if you hadn't, then it just sounds like, if you hadn't told that story, someone else might have seen that and been like, oh, yeah, why'd no. that person just go tearing down the street, stop and tear off again? But if you help explain your side, I think it's, I think it's noble. So do you have road rage? No. I don't either. I really, I'm like, kind of like, I sometimes get pissed at other people. Like I remember, like I've been driving, especially when I'm like going to Ikea or something and I'm in my minivan with my main plates and I'm driving through like that outskirts of Boston and there's traffic. I'm gonna be like, look at my license plates. You should be nicer to me. You know, I am not familiar with this area. No, they're, they're much, they're much more severe on people with main plates. Oh, I know. But I'm like, come on. It's like, you know. Yeah, cut me some slack. Cut me some slack. Your I'm roads don't even make sense down here. Yeah, we we changed our plates, I think, like days. We'd live there days, and we had to change them because it, <laughs> I was so stressed driving. People were honking and swearing at me. and I don't have road rage, but I developed it there. Yeah. I really did. I got, oh my gosh, it was so bad living there. But James has severe road rage. But even, I don't even like driving with him in the car sometimes because he gets, he'll try not to say anything out loud, so then it will be internal, but it's like, sweating off him he's mad at the car in front of them because they're not going five miles over the speed limit they should be going five miles over and he'll be trying to have a conversation with me and he's like (laughs) yes and i said oh are you mad at the car in front of you no yes you are oh yes well he should be going five miles over the speed limit and it's so i don't understand road rage i just don't i don't understand it at all well I feel like I'm going to mention this too. There was somebody who was in one of my kids' classes who had just moved here from Utah, um, which Utah is like a nice place, like a nice people place, you know? <laughs> it's not like Massachusetts. Um, but, and people in Massachusetts are very nice too. But, <laughs> well, the, it's the road's fault, the way they design those yes. roads. I'm sorry, but that is, that causes. Yeah, totally. But she and the one thing that her kids noticed, they thought the car's horns were broken here because no one was honking their horns. And even (laughs) and I've sat through and like I'll sit there and you'll see that someone's in front of me is not paying attention. The light turns green and I'll wait and wait. And finally, like when it's been like a while, I'll be like, (laughs) dude, like, hey, a friendly toot. Like, hey, yeah, the light's been green for a while. Yeah. Places to be. (laughs) Can you move along? Whereas, you know, other places it's just like, oh, the light's red. Well, I'm going to honk now. So they notice when it turns green and just lay on the horn. And it's not a lot of honking here. No, we don't honk here. Actually, I've... if something honks, I think that there's like an, it's like, what's wrong? It's, <laughs> am I about to hit a child? <laughs> Are you trying to get my attention for some safety reason? Yeah, we're so nice. We're, we're nice drivers here. Yes. So I love the Bangor PD because I think their Facebook pages really humanize them mm-hmm. to not think of a police department as us and them and they are just horrible you know they don't have hearts they're just out to mm-hmm. fight crime and we i was look so i looked at their stats and they have 274,000 facebook followers wow in a community of like 30,000 and so there was a news story on today about the Bangor PD there was a little boy who is 4 years old and he he his dad was with him and he's a single dad and the little boy wanted to check out the police car so the officer let him get in and turn on the lights and oh, it was such a cute story and the, it made the, it was the best part of the kids week and they posted it up on the page and then the news featured him and it was so cute so they're like i feel like they get into the community too they're oh, not, yeah. they're not just like we're the police you're the people don't talk to us you know um 
Here's another one of those like, okay, but you really love living there, really? When I about to say this sentence, when the burglaries were happening. (laughs) (laughs) We've never talked about that. Oh, yeah, I guess we have. I think we have. So there was this like spate of burglaries and our hat, my house and my neighbor's houses were hit first. But it was like, this is a this is a Bangor crime. They broke in by entering open windows and unlocked doors. And they stole cash. And they stole cash. And if your door was locked, they didn't break it down or try to pick it. They just went down the street to the next one until they found one that was unlocked. So all you had to do was lock your doors. And Dave is, I've always kind of teased Dave about his uh, um, attentiveness to home security. And he like he locks the screen door every night. He's like, well, if they find that one locked, they're gonna, they're, what are they going to do? Break it down? I'll call Hiram and then they'll, they'll call the police, whatever. So we lock all our doors and windows. And we actually had... Um, after one neighbor was hit, I was like, I should look around. They had actually sliced our screen open and tried to open a window, but it was locked. So they didn't. And they moved on to another house. And I think he hit like 20 houses. It, yeah, 22 or 24. Yeah, it was like it was a, a couple. It, and and <clears throat> actually. Yeah. Anyway. So but when that happened, so the, the kids on my street were con kind of freaked out that there was a bad guy breaking into houses. And it's just that weird, creepy feeling of someone being in your house because across the street they did get in. And the police came by and they were like, we think we know who it is and we're working really hard to get them and we're driving by here, you know, every night we're keeping an eye on this neighborhood and it's safe and like really and then came and just really made the kids feel safe and not, you know, tried to ease their fears that they didn't have to worry about it in in the neighborhood. And then when it all came down, um, what, what like who it ended up being is somebody who lived in the neighborhood who had a drug problem who was looking for cash to buy more drugs mm-hmm. and he was arrested and pled guilty or he went to jail so you know he was sentenced and all of that but it was not a violent crime it was totally a crime of opportunity it was like the next step up from the other thing they'll do is they'll check car door handles in the spring and if you don't and people will be like well I don't want to lock my car like no you lock your car just lock your car like that's all you have to do boom click anyway i know i've complained about this gets into wars in the facebook thread about (laughs) about this i wouldn't say i'm a warrior (laughs) i would say that i am more of a um passionate informer what was the show that basically reenacted easy (laughs) oh my gosh easy i wish i could remember the episode season two episode one Okay, easy. Only because it still comes up on my Netflix. Easy season two, episode one. Basically describes everything that happened in our neighborhood. All the players are there. (laughs) (laughs) I was belly laughing when I watched that episode because it was so funny. It was every everything that had gone on. People were trying, should should we go out and take care of it ourselves? Trying to start night patrols, and Gretchen's like, "No, you should not. You should leave that to the police." <laughs> the police. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. But the police were very good. The the chief, I think it was a chief. He was in communication with our neighborhood yep. um, leader, and it was anyway. I really like the Bangor Police Department. What other things do you like here in terms of the community? Community assets. Community <laughs> assets. You do you remember when the before the waterfront was the waterfront? Yes. Do you remember, like, when it was like a tr- train yard and? Yes, because I we'd been gone eight years, and we came back, and the summer we came back, I went to a Dixie Chicks concert. Oh yeah, and uh, my friends had come up from Southern Maine and out of state to go to this concert with me, and we walked from my house, and we hit Main Street, 
and it was shoulder to shoulder people walking in Main Street. And I said to them, you guys, can you believe this? And they're like, what? I go, we're, this is crazy. We're in Bangor, Maine. And they go, yeah. okay. I go, look at all these people. And it was, that was my first experience with waterfront concerts, but it's totally transformed the city. But even, <clears throat> even just, not just the concerts, but just the waterfront area itself. Yes. And when I first lived in Bangor, we used to go down to the old waterfront, which was literally like old train tracks and old, you know, crumbling buildings to take like emo black and white pictures looking moody. <laughs> And now that they've totally re- like that, now it's like a park. And the when the folk art festival came, that really transformed it. And so you go down there. There's food trucks in the summer. There's concerts. I saw Sarah McLaughlin there, <clears throat> and it was like the most amazing. I don't think you could see like Sarah McLaughlin any better. It was like one of those perfect summer nights. It was totally clear. The the sky, like you could see all the stars in the sky because we are a small enough town that we don't have that much light pollution. And here's Sarah McLaughlin singing all of my favorite songs. It was awesome. It was such such a great night. But I was like, this is, and I had the same, like, I can't believe I'm in Bangor. Yeah. Sitting here listening to this. Like, what has happened? And, and well, then when Tool came, <laughs> I had a friend who had extra tickets and so I was trying to help sell them. And then another friend who I had worked with at Borders 20 years ago messaged me oh I might want them and then he's like nah I guess not it's kind of far to drive he lives in Portland now kind of far to drive for a Tool concert and I was like listen to yourself <laughs> I was yeah, like two hours if it had been <clears throat> Boston me, if it had been two, 20 years ago when we were working at Borders in the music department if so they came in and said hey guess what when you're 40 you're going to turn down Tool tickets in, that are in Bangor you would punch a person in the face and be like a tools never playing bangor and b why would i no i would never turn that down they're like "Eh, it's too late to drive that night it's kind of late to drive up there for just a tool concert in bangor i'm like and there's and it's not like tool has it's not like a band that has dropped to the bottom of the barrel and is like playing lounges like it was a full-on show a full-on concert experience but i was like this this is so un you could not have even fathomed it 20 years ago definitely not it's it's amazing did you buy any concert tickets yet this year not yet i think we're gonna be we'll probably take at least one uh of my daughters would very much care to see the kids bop yes live we bought our kids tickets already um but i I, we wait to buy our tickets oh yeah i could see that (laughs) i get the lawn the lawn is is very reasonably priced we walk down from our house so it's perfect for us i mean right. if you're coming from away to go to the concerts it, it can get pricey because i they did an economic evaluation of the impact of the waterfront concerts and they said that hotels will book out oh yeah all the way to like um bar harbor or something like if people like to stay in bangor to go to bar harbor and it's a busy night at the concert they won't even be able to stay in yep. bangor because everything will be full yeah and, and then it's expensive and then so it's a great fundraiser like we've done great fundraisers because the businesses will rent out their parking lots to nonprofits to they collect money so you park for ten dollars when we've gone i don't think we've ever walked down but i've i've had our like um for tool we had a sitter and i had the sitter drop us off and then come back and then we oh we left a car that's what we did we left a car early and then we had the sitter drop us off and then we went to the car and drove back because it's right in town but it's still it's so it's so amazing I, and i'm interested to see what other shows they get this year too so it'll be interesting to see what else is coming but i've seen old dominions coming i'm so excited 
I don't even know. You're not a country is. person. Is that a band? There you go. Yeah. You get to tell me. <laughs> I can't. My kids love the old Dominion songs. I won't take them, though. I've seen kids there before. But it's I not the best I saw kids at the Tool concert. I and know. I was like, hmm, hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think I was. I think it was worth the sitter. <laughs> kids Bob, though. They're going to love. So, yeah, I love I love the waterfront concerts and the waterfront. You're right. The walking trails yeah. and the food trucks. And now Bangor Savings Bank is going to put in that whole new yeah. complex, which is going to be so nice. Do uh, do your guys ride bikes yet? Do they have to ride bikes? They do. Both but, of them? Well, Max has. I, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but it's a balance bike. Yeah, I've heard of that. Okay. Well, they're new. <laughs> we didn't even have that for Cameron. Yeah. So Max has that, and next year we'll get him a regular bike, and I think he's just going to be able to ride it without training wheels at all. Well, it's kind of a neat place to ride bikes down there if you go down on those little paths because it's nice and paved and there's no cars, and it's kind of a nice little place to take the kids. You have to make sure they don't ride off into the river, but that's all you have to worry oh, about. Oh, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, because I get nervous with them riding their bikes in the neighborhood just because of the cars right so that's i used to pack up the girls bikes and take them down there and they would ride around down there that's kind of cool uh so what else what else do you like i really do like the schools even though Mm -hmm. i i know i've made some public comments about health and it's only because i know that the schools are so strong that they could right and they have done actually a lot of improvements with in terms of health that i'm I'm very proud of. But the schools are nice because there are neighborhood schools. And so you know everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and the teachers are really strong. I mean, I can't even. It's mind blowing to me how much our son has progressed from the first day of school until January. I mean, he's reading. He's And he's kindergarten. So you'll get his first report card this yeah. week. This week or next week. Oh, yeah. is it? The second quarter just ended. Yeah. It's it's I mean, the teachers are at least I know I can speak for his teacher. She's amazing. And um, the outcomes that the school district has, considering some of our demographics, is really impressive. And I think this makes Bangor desire. I think the schools are a great asset to the city and why people want to live here. Well, we have for our kids going through every school except for the four or five is a blue ribbon school. Exactly. And the four or five, I almost because of the way we break up our schools, I wonder if they could even qualify for it. I don't know how it works if it's only if two grades counts, but <clears throat> every one of them is is a blue like our elementary just got blue ribbon, and the middle and high school have had it for a while. So I feel like that's pretty interesting, and and I have now had my kids in three of the four schools they will attend, and every time it's been great, and so far they seem to be enjoying it, and it's all good, um, and yeah, I like the schools. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the schools are an asset. I think the the thing about the schools is we have, for, well, we have amazing class teacher, uh, student teacher ratios, um, which is not like that in all places. I know that I had a friend who taught in Colorado and she saw the class list for my kids class and just about fell over because there are no mandated student teacher ratios in Colorado. It's just whatever the district sets so she had something like 35 students and no aides and most of them were esl in a in a high poverty school in second grade wow and so she saw the list of like 12 kindergartners and mm-hmm. was blown away shocked like i think i could do so much if i had 12 kids well i mean this is a whole nother side rant but when people when reports come out that say that ratios don't matter Oh, my God. It's like the number one thing. Because in college, they do this, too. You know, you get classrooms of 100 
students in lecture halls. And I'm sorry, I can do so much more with a class of 20 than I can with a class of 100. Even one of, I had one of my biggest classes this year was 22. And I felt the difference from 17. Like, oh, yeah. Like nice. the like the smaller classes, you have to have like a one of my favorite years. I think I, it was like an off year. So I had six and it was like a seminar style. It was awesome. It was great. I loved it. And then I so because we all sat around at a round table, I actually had a distant student. So I set up the screen so that she was pulled up to one side of the table. So she was like she was sitting at the round table with us. It was awesome. And so and that's adults. That's higher ed, you know, 22 year olds. And so when you're talking about little guys like five and six years old less is more you can get so much done in such a deeper connection to the student to the teacher to the content with the smaller ratios and I'm really I feel like we're really fortunate that our school has stuck to it's really um it's really good ratios especially when there's when it's right on the cusp of well you know we have one more like our ratio say I'm making this number up but say their number is 20 to 1 and there's 21 kids where it could be so close to just fudge it for that one year. But nope, they'll split it and they'll have 11 and 10 and mm-hmm. make sure that they don't hit that ratio. I was in a school at once that did that, that tried to fudge it and did like 21. And within three weeks, they were hiring a third teacher and breaking up the classes again, which is not a good situation. So I'm really glad that the schools really maintain that ratio and don't see it as a hard stop. Yeah, I mean, the principal knows all the kids' names, oh, greets yeah. everybody, and not only greets them all in the morning, but when you go to pick them up at the end of the day, he also knows all the parents' names, the babysitter, the aunt, the uncle. And in fact, when I went to introduce myself to the secretary the first day, <laughs> I walked in and she said, oh, hi. I said, oh, I was just coming to introduce myself. She goes, oh, yeah, you're Cameron's mom, right? And I just stared at her for a second like, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, that's wild like she already knew exactly who I was and I had never even seen her before right so I I like that about it I just feel I feel a sense of safety that everyone's definitely looking out for one another well and that's it's the same in the schools and it's the same in the neighborhood yeah and that when our kids are out they're out and we see them and other people see them and I my I feel like my kids as they get older are they don't even realize how many people are watching out for them even when we go skiing uh, the first few times that Ingrid skied on her own, she was like, people kept saying hi to me. And I'm like, yeah, because they see you every week. They see like there was one time when we forgot her pass and the people that kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, we know she has a pass. And they just gave her a sticker to use instead. Or when I walk up to do lessons, I think this is what I love about Bangor, because I have this happen all over. If you're involved, you're known and then your kids are known. So when I go now out to the ski lesson to the ski hill. As I'm approaching the counter, she's scratching Willa's name off the list, getting her armband and her pass and hang. Here you go. Like already knows who I am. You know, if something ever happened, she would know where to find me. Same thing at the library. Walk in like, oh, it's it's the Schaefer family. Yay. And here we go. And they know us and they know the kids and they know the girls and we're known there. And there's all these places. The um, art museum has a great little art camp and the art camp instructor just uh did a project with Dave for work and was like, am I going to see the girls this summer? Like all these, all these places where my kids are known, we're known. Part of that comes from being involved. And I, and I'm the type who likes to be involved. You're the type who likes to be involved. Mm -hmm. I think it would be very, I don't know how, I don't know how it is for people who don't like to be involved. 
Yeah, I can't imagine not being involved. I like to know everything, right down to the <laughs> curriculums they're using, the plans. I love I love knowing everything. The food. I like knowing about the food, the schedule, the recess, yeah. all of it. But even like just in the just being act- active in your community. Yeah. Is and that's I think that's one of the ways. So we're we're talking about like the winter blues. So there's no light. Mm-hmm. Um, it's has the temperature gone down? No, it still says 17 degrees. But you can see like it's starting to start. It's 3:40 and starting to get dim or whatever. I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Siri. Um. So have so what do you do to fend it off? Do you do you get it? <clears throat> well. I don't think I get it as bad as some people do, but I think, I think I, honestly, if when people struggle in the winter and they really feel borderline depression, right? I think a lot of it has to do with vitamin D mm-hmm. because of where we hit, uh, where we are in the hemisphere, the sun doesn't get high enough to make vitamin D in our skin during the winter months. Mm-hmm. So during the summer, you can store a lot of vitamin D but part of the problem now is all the heavy recommendations for sunscreen so you know you, you t- tend to lather up all summer right. long and then we go through this six <clears throat> months of the year where we're not the sun isn't at the right spot to create vitamin D in our skin and then food sources of vitamin D are difficult because it's fortified milk and ocean fish yep. fresh ocean fish and, and and a lot of times you can't eat enough of that Right. To get the amount of vitamin D you have. So if you did get some D in the summer from, you know, like going outside for a few minutes <laughs> and then putting your sunblock on, when by right about right, right now, your stores you are probably gone. Did you get some D this gone. summer? <laughs> yeah, I did. I got a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I do try to do that, though. I try to go out in the summer and not put my sunblock on get some summer get some some vitamin d and then put it on but anyway either even that isn't always enough so right around this time you can be severely deficient in vitamin d and in fact i was one time um and i had muscle pains so i had muscle pains and i just generally felt malaise and fatigue and i went thinking i knew everything i skipped my primary care and went right to a sports specialist because I was getting this really severe pains on my hips and (laughs) I had an MRI. I had all these costly interventions and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. So I went back to my primary care for my annual physical and I explained it to her and she goes, huh, have you had your vitamin D levels checked? And I said, no, actually I haven't. So she tested my vitamin D and I actually had zero. I was a critically red. So I went on um, a mega dose prescription of vitamin D for six or eight months. And now I have my levels checked, but I take a regular vitamin D supplement now and I have it monitored. So I could, I can't recommend that enough to people because it helped me so much. Yep. And it's just a vitamin deficiency. The, uh, have you ever, have you ever seen the lamps or use the sun lamps? I, you know, peop- I've thought about it before, but I've never tried it. Have you? I haven't. I've know people that love them. Yeah, me too. But I, I end up because I'm a maximizer. When I've looked at them before, I get like mired down into the details, and then I'm like, eh, screw it. <laughs> well, then I'm just like, am I really gonna have time to sit in front of it? Right. But I have. I do. I have. I know people who've used them and love them. Yeah, and that's. I don't think I've ever heard anyone use them and not love them. That's so. That's one of the things that I've thought about. The other thing is, I feel like January and February are 
the worst here because most people sell that around here that we know celebrate Christmas or they celebrate Hanukkah or there's something going on. There's a lot of stuff that just goes on in December. Even if it's not related to the holidays, there's school concerts and there's, you know, events and things happening. And I feel like as soon as like January 1st hits, it's like dead calendar for two months until yeah. the, until the weather turns. I think that um, being able to have a way to enjoy the winter is helpful. Like I feel like mm-hmm. the kids uh, skiing and when I can ski helps make it be like, oh, OK, so this is something that we can do that makes it worthwhile. My husband hates the winter, does not ski, does not snowboard. Um, his, does he go with you guys? No, he never he never comes out with us. He doesn't even go to up to Sugarloaf. No, it's my parents have a really small place, so it would be really cramped. So usually I just take him up there, and so he doesn't. So he stays here and does stuff, and and I take them up there, and then and like I'll be dropping the girls off. Um, my parents, when they hear this, I think they'll know already, but they're gonna go up there for most of February vacation, and stay up there. But he doesn't. He doesn't come up because it's just not his thing, and so it's like okay, fine. But the girls love it. I drive and take them there. I, like, I don't think he's been there for three years. And his interactions with snow are really restricted to having to be the one to shovel it and snow blow it when there's a storm. So I'm the one who's like, oh, my God, we're getting two feet of snow. I love it. I'm going to make cookies. We're going to do a puzzle. It's going to be so great. Like, I am a champion at inside snowstorm survival. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dave is like, oh, my God, it's going to snow. I got to get gas for the snowblower. I got to point it facing out. I have to make sure I have my hand warmers and my snow pants and all this. I'm like, oh, OK, whatever. But I figure and learn to enjoy it. <laughs> he does make us he does take the girl sledding. I hate I hate sledding sledding. I think it's just I don't know, maybe because I ski. It's, it seems much more efficient. But sledding is not my deal. And he makes a sledding hill out front with our snow. So he directs all, uses a snow lure and directs all the snow to this one big pile and makes this big mountain. And they had a two track sledding hill earlier. It melted a lot in the last, in the January thaw. But he'll set that up. But he does not enjoy winter at all. So he's always like, we're going to retire to Florida. I'm like, eh. <laughs> I do think having, being engaged in a winter activity is the key. Skiing, because I don't ski and I don't snowshoe and I don't ice skate so I don't do any of that but for the kids Cameron does hockey and we actually just took Maxwell for the first time out on the ice rink in the park because they flood our park in the winter and it was really cold I think it was negative 12 with the wind chill that night it was recently last week but I said to my James has been taking them and I said you know what I'm gonna go because I need to get outside yeah it's not healthy to stay inside like this and I did (laughs) I froze but it was good to get some fresh air but anyway Maxwell went on skates for the first time and he's really good at it oh nice he was so cute he said he asks now if he when he can do hockey oh so and I don't know money yeah I know I don't know that's what I was gonna say I don't know if we'll it will all depend on Cameron likes hockey. Right. But I think having a winter activity is the key to survival. I mean, because skiing is expensive, too. That's yeah. why I never did it. You yeah. Because you have a place to stay, but gosh, people don't have a place to stay. And the lift right. tickets and all the gear. And then they must get have to get new gear every year. We have... We have when when I was a kid growing up, we didn't have a place to stay. And so we stayed at like a hotel, at a motel off the mountain. We ate, you know, instant oatmeal with the hot water from the bathroom sink. It was very, we did it very efficiently. Yeah. Um, 
now that my parents have a place, it's almost cheaper. It's, it's, I mean, it's cheaper for me to ski hands down because I don't have to pay for lodging. I bring over some food or we'll go out to dinner. Um, my kids have gotten their skis. We are uh, big fans of the ski club ski sale. And so probably it's so it costs like a, a get up for them will be, say, $200. But it lasts for two or three years because one daughter uses it and it's getting handed down to the next one. And then we turn around, consign it at that same ski sale and get some money back to put towards the next one. So that helps there. And then the lift tickets I buy. I do buy the girls a season pass for my parents mountain because they typically spent they, this year. They haven't spent much time up at all. We went up once, but it was so cold. You could hardly ski. And then my parents have been gone. So that usually works out that it's cost effective to buy them the kids season pass. And here I pay for lessons for Willa. And this year I got Ingrid has a season pass to our little hill, which is the same price as lessons, but she's really outgrown lessons. So and it's such a small hill that she is fine to ski on her own with friends. And when I go out there, um, I usually spend sometimes I ski. I haven't yet this year. I like with my legs I want it to be like really good conditions to make it worth it um, but I'll spend my time out in front of the lodge talking to the parents they take lessons with friends and I'll see other friends and have these great conversations out on the and on the snow drinking my cup of coffee <laughs> so it's good. yeah I do I, I think that's a big key to enjoying winter is getting involved in a winter activity and for hockey I think that the cost in hockey comes with travel hockey because yeah. it's the same Cameron we bought him his equipment three years ago and it was just under 200 and every year since he's only needed new skates but you can do the same thing you can return them which we haven't done yet because we're going to give it to Maxwell right and the hockey is $30 for the season oh yeah but once the travel the hockey network. that yeah. gets pricey very pricey once you can get into that like network of people that can hand you down stuff and you know pass like even my skis and stuff I bought my own boots but my skis and my skis were a hand-me-down from one of my parents' neighbors. My original helmet was a hand-me-down, but it finally really broke. And so I actually just bought a new helmet. And um, my poles are a mismatched set that one of their friends up there in the summer, in the spring, hikes under all the lifts and picks up all the broken poles and collects them. So I have two mismatched poles, but they were free. So having when you're once you're connected to 100 skiers it becomes a little bit more cost effective when you can get into that community. So, you know, at least for me and my parents are very generous in sharing their, their place with us. It's really little, but it's totally fine for what we need it for. So that's, that's really nice too. But um, we actually did take the girls skating last year. We have friends who have a pond on their property that they maintain, like they plow it and they made a Zamboni with a four wheeler and a cooler. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's awesome. And so we took them out there skating and, and uh, Willa loved that. She thought that was really cool. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of people in the hockey league have made um, ski rinks in their backyard. Oh, yeah, those are like crazy with yeah. boards and it's like regulation size. This yes. is like a pond they plow. Okay. It's not the... like at the park where they we have. Is it similar to that? No, no, it's like it's it's. Yes, but you have to go down this like woods trail to get to it. It's really pretty cool. It's really like a magical little scene because then you go through the woods and there's a little fire and then this whole pond that they meticulously shovel and plow. Every storm they go down there to make sure that they keep the ice clear, which I'm like, I would give up after the first storm. I'd be like, nope, I'm inside doing puzzles, making cookies. <laughs> but they they take very good care of it. So it looks really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely think having a winter activity to look forward to so that when you see snow, you actually get excited. Unlike Dave and say, oh my gosh, now I've got to 
get my snowblower gas, et cetera. Right. I think that's key. And the other, definitely getting your vitamin D levels checked because vitamin D deficiency can cause symptoms of depression. It's so funny because I used to take vitamin D regularly, like a lot of it, because I had low levels too. And and I just haven't taken it in a long time. And so this morning I was in the car, I was like, I should probably take it. Like it's January. Mm-hmm. And so I took my usual dose. And so it's, I wonder if I was just in the back of my mind that this is what we're talking about today that I was like, I better like pregame for this. <laughs> Funny because I didn't tell you what I was going to (laughs) say. I know. So, but and the other thing that I think is interesting about living in seasons is that I've lived in seasons for forty-one years, and every year I get tricked in like October, November to be excited for the first snow and every like like every year I get excited for it even though I know it's going to be a mess I know it's going to be cold and my heat bills are going to go up I'm always like oh winter's coming yeah Dave's like no that doesn't happen to me that never happens to me you're crazy but do you get that like do you yes. anticipate each season like like, like every year I anticipate and I don't like to right now where we've had this crazy weather because of climate change it depresses me but I don't like to get excited for spring until ski season is over so like Mid March, like mid March, April first is when I'm like, all right, spring, bring it, let's go. Um, but every every season, I get all antsy for it, like, oh, I can't wait. And then I and I, I promise I won't take any day of summer for granted, and I'm going to be in the lake every single day, and it's going to be awesome. And then you get lazy like halfway through, and you're like, well, it's not like most days this week. And then you and then fall comes, you're like, oh, I'm gonna wear my sweater and I'm going to crunch through the leaves. It's going to be awesome. But you get so, and every year I have the same pattern every year. Yeah, I, I try to, I really tried to enjoy summer this past summer, but even I agree with you, even I, with the intention of enjoying summer, found myself inside cleaning or doing something I shouldn't have been doing inside. But I yeah. definitely look forward to the snow and I love a snowstorm. I love the news center. Oh my god. Dun, 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 <laughs> storm center. <laughs> the only thing that I honestly am a little disappointed about is how all the school cancellations now are just auto. Yeah, it's just a call. They don't or have to call to your house. They don't have to wait. Forever. Yeah, it was so fun to watch. Yeah, and wait for your school wait to be for your school to or be the radio. Called. Yes. See, I, mine was different because my mom was a teacher and she was on the phone tree oh. back in the olden days. So you already so if the phone this. rang before six a.m., you knew I was like, boom, snow day. It's on. <laughs> this is good, and and I, and I still love a snow day. And it's important, you know. Dave has Dave doesn't get them off, so he has to work. So it's always like this. We have two totally different perspectives on snow days. Right. But we have I actually posted a picture from a couple of years ago when we had an anticipated snow day that happened when we had our neighbor over and Ingrid had written out the schedule and it was like, first Lego, then marble race, then cookies, then dance party, then yeah. rest, TV. <laughs> like she planned out the whole day and we pretty much stuck to the schedule because she was a taskmaster that day. But um, a, a good snow day is is a... It's a wonderful thing. I it think. is. I, I almost wish people in other places could understand. Someone described a snow day as like getting a Sunday in the middle of the week, a surprise Sunday in the middle of the week, where you don't yeah. have to go anywhere or do anything. I thought that was a good analogy. I almost think it saves us mentally. Yeah. From the, I mean, now not everyone gets them, so I can't say it's true of the whole population, but right. like I know even for the kids. Because school is more intense than it used to be. At least, oh, yeah. I mean, when I was in kindergarten, we went half a day, we played dress up, and we colored. Yeah. Now they do math equations, and they read full books. Yeah. And 
it's very much more intense. So this the snow days through the winter in the middle of the season, I think that's kind of a nice break for the kids yep. and the unexpected pause. Um, but I will say when there's too many in a row, like this recent <laughs> run of it, because we were off for all we so we were off from Christmas through New Year's. And then we they went back to school what one day yeah and then like we had that. two snow day like half a day and then maybe two in a row by the end of that I I I was walking around my house I thought I was going to they need yeah, they need to be spaced out where you have vacation and you have a nice run of school and yes. then boom a snow day and then a little run of school and then maybe like a nice March storm right one last hurrah snow day and then finish out the season that's how it needs to be I can't entertain four and six year olds for <laughs> fifteen days straight. I've seen when it's them. negative twenty two outside. Yeah. Plus, it was a really cold vacation. Week it really was. The um, I I like. There's been this push with because of instructional technology, which is what I am, what I do. Oh, like great! There's a snow day, so your kids can do their homework at home instead of being in school. And I really, really don't like that use of technology because yeah. I think that kids, I think that kids should be able to celebrate that unexpected break in the middle and be like, oh. I don't have anything to do. I can stay in my pajamas all day long. This is going to be perfect. Yeah, plus I think that when classes get, this is another side rant, but I think that people just think, oh, we have technology now. You teach a class live, you can just pop it online and everything will be fine. And that is so not the case. I mean, online classes, there's a science behind how they should be designed, how they should be delivered, and just the way in which the instructions are laid out. Because the poor student on the other end could be spending hours just trying to figure out what the heck you wanted. Right. And I I get really hesitant to think, oh, it's the same thing. Just pop it online because it's not the right. same thing. It, so I'm it, with it's you. a good it's a you know, for college, it's OK to be like, oh, here's the lecture. I was going to. Here's my lecture notes. Here's the readings I want you to make sure you've done for next week. Like, right. You know, parcel out that kind of information. Basic. But yeah. Very basic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's wrap this up because we gotta go get children. Um, what's your favorite thing? Oh, okay. So I was going to say, I was going to clear up my food. Um, so I'll have to do this <laughs> on another podcast. Okay. I was going to clear up my food beliefs because I've been getting so many questions about. I think there's a misconception about why I am so into healthy food and that people think that I'm like more into the diet because we went to Novio's for book club. Oh, okay. I wasn't there. Oh, you weren't there. So I, I guess I missed something good. Yeah. Well, and one of my friends said, oh, well, this is a, this you probably won't like because it has high calories. And I was like, oh, really? No, it says calories. That's nothing to do with it. <laughs> so I think there's some confusion about my food beliefs. So I'll, I'll, I'll do that on another podcast. But so I th- that's where I was going to put my favorite thing. But my f- new favorite thing is we just got a spiraler. Oh, yeah. So one of the things we do a lot is we swap out um, pasta for sweet potato or um, zucchini. Mm-hmm. And we had this hand spiraler because I was really cheap at the time. This is like heavy duty Dave Ramsey. And it was $10. And it, you have to. Oh, and it was it took forever. My arm would hurt it was terrible so then I started saying forget the spiraler and I just started buying the spiraled um sweet potato right because have you seen it in the grocery store they it's spiraled up and it looks just like spaghetti is it a Hannaford yeah oh because I haven't looked it's expensive though I haven't been specifically seeking out spiral food spiraled food it's oh my gosh it's such a great substitute for spaghetti and it tastes good um so anyway I was buying and it's a superfood so I was buying this was five dollars for a spiral yeah. thing 
And so finally, I just bit the bullet and I bought a new one, a spiraler on Amazon. I think it was $25. It's amazing. It is so quick. You can just spiral a sweet potato. No time. It looks just like pasta. It's nutrient, full of nutrients. Does it have to be a cooked potato? No. No, no. It's a raw potato. And then you cook the spiraled sweet potato on a on a frying pan or in a skillet okay interesting have to try that yeah i'll send you a picture i'll have to try that all right so my favorite thing this week is going to be my new phone which was my unexpected oh, purchase from last phone. week i'm jealous and i when i when i purchased it i was not really planning on getting one so i was sort of i, I tend to buy the top end phone and then keep it for a long time and so i was like well the it's an iPhone and they have the iPhone X and then they 10 and then they have the 8 plus and so I ended up going with the 8 plus because it was a little cheaper and I wasn't planning on buying a phone but it had the same camera as the 10 and it had um, a longer battery life because of it didn't have all the features of the 10 so I was like oh that actually works out pretty well so I the camera part has been amazing so I took pictures of the girls skiing our friends were skiing and I took pictures and they look like like the portrait mode is is not a joke it literally looks like a professional a portrait yeah, yeah it looks amazing and like and it's like this snapshot of and my phone i couldn't have taken a picture of the girl skiing with my old phone because the battery is so pooched that it would shut down in the cold weather so i wouldn't have even gotten a picture so the fact that i'm out there and have a battery that is at you know 65 percent at the end of my day is amazing so and also having the um also having the camera feature is awesome so the two things i really wanted were battery and camera and i got both of them so if if you are end up in that situation where you're unexpectedly needing to buy a new phone and you're an iphone person and we are iphone people because of find my friends and stuff like that the and the family sharing and the parental restrictions and all that stuff we can do on my kid's phone um I strongly recommend the A+. So I am very excited that I have this new phone. Although it's so big, I've I've had to... Have you seen? No. Have you noticed my double pop sockets? Oh my gosh, let me touch it. <laughs> so I added... Oh wow, I, I, couldn't, about, I couldn't handle that. I talked about pop sockets, so it's bigger because it's a plus. And so I was telling my friend that it was... Um, oh the, my gosh, can you get a normal sized one? Not with the camera. To get the battery oh, and the camera, really? it has to be a bigger one. Oh, okay. So, well, it's, unless... so it's the first time I've jumped up in size. Oh, that thing is huge. But uh, but I added, so I said the double pop sockets are the elastic waist band of <laughs> an iPhone to be rocking your double. Like, this is so comfortable to have two pop sockets, and I don't care how it looks. So I'm double popping. <laughs> oh, my It's God. all good. And, uh, and i got to get a picture of that. That is My double pop socket. Funny. Here we go. It's going to be a crappy picture because it's the old iPhone. No, her pictures are so good, it makes me want to get a new phone. So it is bigger, and I don't find it. I have adjusted to the size. I don't find it. It was a little over, a little like, oh, that's kind of big, but I haven't been overwhelmed by it. So that's mine. So we got to wrap it up because I got to go pick up children and drop Great. off Kelly. Maybe next podcast, I'll explain these food beliefs. Let's do that. We'll talk about nutrition and food next Yeah, time. You can help me. Because then I can clarify this because I feel like I've sent mixed messages to the world. My kids go to McDonald's. But I spiral sweet potatoes instead of pasta. <laughs> Have you tried spiraling a chicken McNugget? Next on Balance and Chaos. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Okay, great. It's me and Kelly saying bye. Bye.